for the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world. We are live and amplified. So let's get ready to podcast. Fire it up. Welcome, everybody, to another live and amplified podcast. I'm your host, Tom Quiet, and we're back at it again with another amazing podcast. Today, we have a very special guest. We have Emily Dacarat. How's it going today, Emily? Good. How are you? Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. First off, I want to thank you for being so flexible. Yesterday, that, that was intense. I was in the middle of work, and all my power went out, and I'm like, dang it. Now I got to call my boss and let him know, like, hey... I don't know what I'm going to be able to do right now. And they're like, oh, that's cool. And then I was like, oh, I'm supposed to have a podcast tonight. I got to let me get a hold of Emily here real quick. But I want to thank you so much for being flexible. And luckily, we were able to make it work tonight. So, um, but first off, uh, let's kind of do a little quick deep dive into you and who you are. Uh, What's kind of your origin story? What got you into music? Um, so, I mean, since I was little, I've loved music, and when I was younger, music meant dance, because I was in dance from, like, since I was five years old, but to be honest, I went the route of fashion, because I always wanted to be a fashion designer, so I went, I moved to Paris and studied fashion design there, and, um, kind of kind of put music in the back burner I mean, I always loved singing and thought of you know I never really thought of writing my own songs but that was something I wanted to do but when I went to Paris it was it just felt like too much to do both mm-hmm. so I decided to focus on fashion and um, when I moved to LA and started my own brand um, I was going to be showing my first collection for LA Fashion Week, and uh, we had I had produced a fashion film mm-hmm. and needed a song, and the song I was using was what had inspired the entire collection, which was this very like, popular French song from the 60s. And um, we were in talks of getting the license to use the song, but it was just taking so long. Mm-hmm. So, um, and it was getting really close to the show. So we ended up going to a local composer here in LA and uh, turned out that he was a big fan of French pop as well. Mm-hmm. And we just started writing the song. We, I think it was like five days before the show. So we didn't have any time to go looking for a songwriter or, you know, um, a vocalist. So because I had done the vocals for my runway music, um, we decided to just use me and I started writing the lyrics and uh, that night and just fell in love with the whole process. And so I loved how fashion brought me back into music and kind of let me start exploring this like new avenue as as well as with my fashion so um so yeah i started just writing the songs for um every collection after that and um i think after like the sixth 
collection, I really wanted to just to kind of learn how to, or at least like work on making more pop music, not just, you know, kind of like retro songs that we were using for the fashion films, which had like this very like 70s vibe. So, um, so yeah, I went to, um, I enrolled in Musicians Institute in LA and just started learning how to become a, like a more, well, work on my craft, like learn how to produce too, to kind of work on my own demos and stuff. And, um, and I really wanted to, to, to kind of create or write my songs as I design, like with the whole idea, uh, like just exploring different sounds and stuff. And so, so yeah, so it was fashion that got me back into music. Nice. So it's really interesting that the thing that originally took you away from music ultimately got you back into music. Yeah. That's really cool. It's, um, so let, let's talk about the fashion thing. What was it about fashion that originally piqued your inter interest to kind of take you away from music? Um, everything. I Well, just because I was, I've always been interested in so many different things in film and photography, styling, designing, music. And um, with my, my mom, actually, she used to sew. And uh, I just loved watching her sew and would help her pick out fabric. And, um, and she taught me how to like stitch clothes for my Barbie dolls. So I think like, honestly, early on, I knew I wanted to be a designer. And the other day we found a little um, thing that I had written in kindergarten when it said, what do you want to do when you grow up? And I had put fashion, fashion designer slash dancer slash singer. So <laughs> it was always in my head. And, um, and I did kind of think like going into fashion would eventually allow me to kind of explore these other areas that I love. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I just decided to kind of go with fashion first. Nice. That's awesome. I, I'm not the one to be talking about fashion. I'm, I, I put a t-shirt on every morning. That's about as fashionable as I get. Um, but no, that's really cool. Um, and then, so you got back into music after the necessity of needing, not needing runway music, but like not being able to get the rights to the song that you originally wanted to use. Right. What was the name of the song that you ultimately ended up creating and using? What was it? Um, it's called uh, Je t'amène dans le noir. And, um, this one, I like the original song I wanted to use is a, a song written by Serge Gainsbourg and he sung it with Jane Birkin. And so they're just like these two iconic, um, well, he's a French composer, she's a British actress, singer. And um, this song in particular, which was kind of cool too, um, four different people own it. So they needed to get the permission oh. from and I and like one was Jane Birkin so they needed to kind of like sign off on the project and see if they liked it so we didn't use it because it took too long but eventually I think it was like maybe six months after um <laughs> they got back to us and they were like yeah you could use it um, so it was too late but um it was it just felt kind of cool that they had they had given us the permission yeah um, 
But honestly, I think that was the best thing because I don't think I would have like ever really tried to to start writing songs. I just didn't think like, oh, that's me still. Um, so yeah, it, uh, and the song that I wrote was kind of like inspired by their song. So we looked for a French um, male singer and it was just so cool. Like, I mean, the whole process, I just love being in the studio and, and yeah, just recording. So yeah. I, for uh, context, uh, what year was this all happening? Um, this was uh, 2015. Okay, cool. So it, it's at least or within relative close proximity of today. So like within the last five years, that's cool. Yeah. Um, and so then from there, you just started doing fashion and music and just kind of collaborating both of them. Um, what, what's kind of the lineage of your music like from there? Did you just start doing singles or were you doing singles and EPs or like what was? Um, I actually like, I don't, I never really highlighted the fact that I was doing the music or, you know, um, my, my producer, and uh, a good friend piece like he and I would just do the music and um, I I don't know I think at the time I was just a bit like more focused on getting my brand mm -hmm. and the fashion out there and because the name of my brand was is my name um, I didn't really want it to be about me I didn't want to be the face of it so I didn't really highlight the fact that I was doing the music and it was always kind of a surprise when people would then see on the credits like, oh wait, you sang? I didn't know you could sing. Yeah. It was like that for, um, yeah, the whole time <laughs> until, until I took some time off and didn't really tell a lot of people what I was doing. Um, and I went to music school and um, just through that whole process of like learning and trying to find my own sound um, because originally the sound we were doing was more like this retro, you know, like homage to the 70s. Mm -hmm. And I love it, but I, I wanted to kind of find like my own voice in music. So um so yeah, I uh, it wasn't until I released my EP last November that most people, especially people who knew me just in like the fashion for fashion, yeah. they had no idea. They thought they were coming to a fashion show actually. And they <laughs> and um and but no, it was actually the the release too because I think it was a bit. I don't know if it was confusing, but I wanted it to be kind of a surprise too, mm -hmm. and so it was a bit of like I mixed in the fashion collection, and we did a live performance of my songs, and so that was kind of like the big reveal of like, well, I had always been the one doing my music, and now I'm also going to be pursuing like my own musical career. Nice, and so the um. The EP that you released in November, that is uh, Cannibal, correct? Yeah. Um, and that's that's technically your debut EP? Is that you consider it your debut? It's my debut, yeah. I mean, I have, um, I think we have like this couple songs out from the collections on iTunes. Mm -hmm. 
but it wasn't it wasn't and like it's more affiliated with the collection yeah. and in the fashion industry than your musical aspirations is right that, okay yeah so um so yeah this ep was like my is my debut yeah okay awesome and so you mentioned that you ended or ended up uh taking a break from fashion and going into music school um do you feel like you if you hadn't gone into music school you or do you feel like you had to go into music school to kind of figure out uh, your musical career or do you, was that uh, something that you always wanted to do? I, I actually went with my little brother to, to check out this music school. I went with him with, um, to the open house and while I was there, the whole program, which was like the artist development program, just seemed mm -hmm. like tailor made for me. And it was all, and it included a lot of like the questions that I was, that I wanted to know. I wanted to kind of have a brief um, understanding of like the legal side, the mm -hmm. business side, and just, just to kind of protect myself also as an artist. So I, I did it mainly for that. And then also to learn how to, um, at least like get to know some of the DAWs. Like I, I like logic and, um, and now I kind of use like uh, a little bit of Pro Tools. So it was mainly for that. And the plus was just being able to experiment like on, in all the different studios that they had available for us, just like my sound. So, but yeah, it was mainly just that, like I, I wanted to get to know the business better. Gotcha, gotcha. And were you working on Cannibal throughout music school or was this something, or was that an EP you started working on after? Um, throughout, yeah. It, um, I don't think, I, I don't know if I start. I don't remember if I like really thought of, oh, these are going to be my songs, yeah. but it was, it just kind of happened and I stuck by them and really, really liked them and, and, um, and decided, and so once I finished, um, I went back to my friend, um, Peace, and uh, and I said, like, I want you to listen to something I've been working on by myself, mm -hmm. and wondering if you'd like to come on board and co-produce. And so he really liked it, and and so we started working on it. Yeah. Nice. And what went into these? I I, I don't really like using the term process but like the process of selecting the songs for this EP were you specifically writing for an EP or were you at a point in your life where you were just in creative overflow that you were just writing all the time like how did what was that kind of like for you it was more I was just writing all the time I was just writing songs and um and these four kind of stuck with me and I I just kind of felt an attachment to them. Um, the first song I wrote was Growing Addiction. And uh, and that was going to be, and that one I wrote like pretty early on when I got into, I think like my first quarter. Mm -hmm. And um, and I and I, there was something about it that I really loved. So that one I actually wrote, I wanna say like six months or even eight months before Cannibal and Set Fire to the Fear. Um, and red light and um 
So it was kind of interesting because I think I was in a different headspace when I started writing Cannibal. Um, Cannibal and Set Fire to the Fear, I wrote them at the same time. And I was kind of going back and forth on both of them. And so that's why like sonically they were just, you know, made for each other. While Growing Addiction, I had written before and Red Light came after. So those two didn't, they, they kind of fit, but when you put the four together, it didn't really seem like they fit. And um, so that was actually more of the challenge was like, okay, how do we get these songs to just flow cohesively? Mm-hmm. And, um, and there was a point where I was just thinking, okay, I'm just going to do these two songs together, maybe write a couple others and have like Red Light and Growing Addiction as their own. But um, I'm glad we stuck to it because I think like through the process of just of the challenge, because they were, if you listen to them now, the original demos, like you, you, you hear the difference. Um, but I love it because I think it just kind of forced the, the, like the discovery of mm-hmm. myself, like, oh, okay, this is me. Yeah, I got you. Now, did you, re- you recorded these in LA, correct? <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Awesome. And a- as you got, or uh, as you were recording, what was that experience like for you? You'd mentioned that you had reached out to a friend to help co-produce, but what was the experience like uh, uh, working on an EP? Like, I mean, you had recording experience working on your runway music and stuff for your fashion brand, but what was it like going in and like, okay, this is a completely different animal. Well, in theory, it's a completely different animal because this is supposed to stand on its own. So what was that kind of process like for you? Um, I mean, in the studio, it was fun. Sometimes there were a couple of frustrating moments when things didn't work out, but it was more just, I was so stressed, like not scared, but yeah, very apprehensive of like, what are people going to think? Because here I've been doing fashion and have always said oh I'm a designer I'm a fashion designer it's what I love and so I was a bit scared of all of a sudden being like but I also love to sing and I'm a Mm. singer and and maybe also because I made it I made such a point of like no I don't want it to be me I don't want my fashion brand to be me I wanted to stand on its own so then to all of a sudden be putting my face out there and myself out there just was it was very intimidating. I didn't know how people would take it. I didn't know if people would be like disappointed or thinking like, no, you should stick to fashion. So um, that was just the scarier part. Like writing the songs, I think were, it, for me at least, it just feels very therapeutic because, um, and that's also why it's kind of scary because when it's fashion, it's like, it's a story and this is what I'm designing. But with music, it's like, these are my feelings and my thoughts. And this is how, this is my heart opening up. So I think that was just really scary. And every time someone would hear it, I was just like, oh my God, don't look at me, please. Yeah, yeah and th- that's kind of an interesting thing to bring up because with, with, like, I mean, I don't know a lot how fashion shows work, but I, I think in my brain, I process it as you can kind of hide behind your work. Like, so your work is up front, 
Whereas in music, you are your work. And so you have to make yourself, or you're part of the work. So you have to make yourself open. You have to put yourself out there. So it, even though they're both creative outlets, to me at least in the fashion, at a fashion show, when you're showing off your work, you can kind of just let your work exist. Whereas music, you kind of have to put yourself out there. And I'm sure that that's kind of what you're getting at. It was a complete oh, mind shift. Completely. Like, I think, um, I actually, when I first came to LA and started, um, because I was really animate about doing like fashion films, I loved and would just watch all these um, perfume campaigns mm. from the past. And they were like these little short films. And I felt like, well, you don't really get that anymore. So I wanted to kind of bring that back and I wanted to do it with my brand. So when I first um, reached out to an indie production company, um, which later I became friends with them. So that's why they told me, but they said that, you know, at first when we heard like, oh, we're going to be working with a fashion designer, they were just like, oh my God, she's going to be so suck up and like standoffish. But it was the opposite. And um, and I've heard that from people too. And I, and, and in some ways I think like, well, I, I do understand. I just think like in the fashion industry, especially when you meet, like, when you get to meet like the people, like designers mm -hmm. and photographers, like it's not that they're standoffish but we we're just like so used to working on it by ourselves and like in the zone and so when all of a sudden you're out in a crowd you're just like where are my sunglasses like I don't want to yeah <laughs> well, because it, it, you just care about the work not yourself yeah and I mean I've completely understand that and get that I've worked with a few fashion designers doing like freelance editing video editing and stuff and they'll, they'll get to a point almost nine times out of 10, pretty consistently across the board. They'll tell me, okay, I've got all this footage. I want like a little two minute highlight clip from this show or like a photography set, you know, whatever it is they want me to highlight for their clothing brand. And so I'll put together this awesome two minute video and it's like, oh, two minutes, it's too long. And they, they just kind of keep shrinking it down, shrinking it down and shrinking it down. And it's like, if I didn't know any better, I'd say they were hard to work with because they don't know what they want. And then after like having this conversation with one of the designers that I was working with, uh, they're like, no, it's not that I don't know what I want. I'm just so worried that what I want isn't what other people want, you know? Mm -hmm. And because I can't sit there, you know, so it was, it was really interesting insight. But Yeah. Yeah. I, th I, it's been interesting, like kind of getting to know the two worlds, like mm -hmm. in some ways they're so similar and another's completely different. Like I think when I was just in the fashion world, especially like as a student, a fashion student in France, um, we were just so, it, it's different, like, um, I wouldn't say introverted, but almost, you would think almost, mm -hmm. and like very close to each other, but it was more like, well, you're constantly just thinking of like creating, so you tend to kind of gravitate to people who can help you like flush out that idea, so you're just talking about that, whereas now in music, it's more like, oh, well, 
music really does kind of bring everyone together. So everyone's just like, oh, it's a party. And um, we're all friends and love each other. Well, I think in fashion, it's like, you are, but then you're also kind of scared, like, oh, I don't want to give too much of my ideas because then they will be taken away or like someone else would copy them. And it actually did happen to me a couple times where I would leave sketches or whatever around and the next week I would see like, wait, that was mine. Like, why did, why do you have that now? Mm -hmm. So we would, and I think like as time kind of went and you started to like notice this, as a student, um, you would kind of work with like covering your desk so no one would see. Mm. So I think that kind of happens with fashion people too. Yeah, I got you. I got you. So you released this EP in November and then you kind of took some time and released a new single back in February? February. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I had to do math. I was sitting there, I was like, second month of the year what month is that come on you got so you released a new single in february um why do you or what was it about that song that you wanted to get it out it seems like it seems like after a full ep that that's kind of rather quick to get a new single out that fast yeah um i'm trying to wonder why i did that so well that, so that was a song that I, I um, had written with a friend who she's featured in this in the song, um, Clara from Sweden. And we wanted to do like a cute little Christmas jingle. Mm -hmm. So Love Chain originally was a Christmas song, but, um, and I can't really, I don't, yeah, I'm kind of thinking why was it that I jumped into it so quickly, but um, I, there was something about it that I really liked. And I think I, 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 in that moment, I just thought like, well, before the whole feeling goes away, I'd rather just record it and, um, and put it out there. So I think, I think that was more that, like, I just didn't want to like lose the, the attachment I had to love chain at the moment. Gotcha. Gotcha. That's cool. That I completely get that. You know, it's it, it's hard to kind of time when the right time to release new music is. Um, so you released that back in uh, February. And obviously, I don't think at that point we quite knew how bad the pandemic was going to be. No. But I, I, I'm sure that that just happened to be a happy coincidence or a yeah, happy coincidence. Um, how, how, so since then, how have you kind of been balancing your music and your fashion? Is um, Yeah, it's been interesting because everything has to be done virtually now. Mm -hmm. um, so I've been kind of working a little bit more on um, my upcoming album, mm -hmm. which originally we had scheduled to have it out by November. And now, not so much. Now I think it'll be, it'll be more like January, at least. I, I thought you were gonna say April for a second. Oh no! <laughs> just, just... no I mean, who knows? Maybe, but at, <laughs> at the moment, like we we've just kind of pushed it a little bit back, just because of scheduling and uh, yeah, mainly scheduling and and. Um, 
so it's been kind of interesting just working from home on my music um and with the fashion it's been um just kind of also getting things ready for for the end of the year um i have i've been working on um which also that's what i kind of loved about the music um because i was looking for a way to kind of do more like sportswear um kind of not streetwear but like more active wear clothing and my brand not that at all so with the music that's that's where i thought like yes i can finally do this because when you look at my like my fashion brand it's um very like sleek and chic um very like provocative and um just edgy which i love but then there's also this other side of me where i am very colorful and i love like i love graphic t-shirts and i love like anime and so i wanted to do that but it was just kind of it didn't seem to really fit with the brand so i love that with my music i can't do that and um so i have a couple things coming out that will be just like more like like t-shirts sweatshirts just like really cute and uh and definitely like featuring anime and stuff yeah. so yeah oh, so that's really cool um and so for the upcoming album it's going to be a full length mm-hmm. yeah have, have you released an official name for it yet or is that still kind of it's still i think it's still up there because there's there's a yeah, I, not yet because okay. I, I feel like I might still change some of this the titles of a couple songs, um, and I didn't I didn't come up with the EP title until honestly until um, the whole all the songs were done and I just had it in a file that said Cannibal, and um, well actually. Cannibal was the original name of the song. Mm-hmm. And then I ended up changing it to Hungry Soul. Um, but I never changed the file name, so I kept it as Cannibal. And when I sent it to um, my friend Peace, he was like, oh, I love the title, like, Cannibal, it's so cool. And I was like, oh, well, that was the original title, but I had changed it. Just, I don't know why. I think it was like someone suggested it and I decided to go with it. But then I was like, yeah, I I don't know. There's something about the name that I really love too. And it just kind of, once the whole, like once I put all the songs together, it just fit, it just felt like, oh my gosh, this is Cannibal. This is the title. And so I think that's probably going to happen with the album. Like there's going to be something that just fits, like just kind of encompasses everything. Yeah. Hey, sometimes that work, you know, it's... (laughs) Yeah, it, it it's happened to me a few different times where I just put in a random like space saver for a title and it's like, wait, that actually works, you know, just just to kind of keep save space somewhat, you know, for whatever reason and it works. I like it. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Um so uh, where are you kind of at currently on the new album? Are you still writing or are you fully recording? Um, we are actually recording. Mm-hmm. And, 
um, I think there's only two songs where I still need to to do the like just to kind of tweak the lyrics. Okay. Um, yeah, it's it just I, I thought we were behind schedule, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, okay, we're good. We're we're, we're not behind schedule. We're not behind schedule. Yeah. <laughs> and so that obviously uh, working on that album's been a little bit tougher with the whole COVID thing and having to kind of work around I don't want to say COVID schedules but like deal with uh COVID regulations and stuff like that so I I could see where you might be concerned that um you're behind schedule because in the in a day and age of just not knowing what's going on you know so yeah um what's kind of one thing you're learning going through this what's one thing you've learned kind of going through this project of working on a full-length album like you've done singles you've done the ep but what's one thing you've really learned about yourself going through this process of working on a full length um that what have i learned i think I mean, I definitely know that I tend to take a longer time on the chorus than I do the verses. The verses tend to kind of come pretty quickly. And um, I don't, I think it's more like every time I kind of, I, every time I've like finished one of the songs, at least like kind of finished, mm -hmm. um, I feel like, oh, okay, Oof, I can breathe because, oh, sorry. Oh, you're my, good, you're good. I have my charger here. Oh, you're good. Um, so are you still working with, uh, are you working with Peace on the full length album? Yeah, I'm working with him. Okay. Yeah, and this one actually, it's, um, it's, it's gonna be pretty special because I feel like we're kind of going back to our old roots which used to be more he would write the music while I was next to him writing the lyrics and we were you know which I kind of we that was the plan for this one too we were like yes we're gonna go and do what we used to do which was me just camp out in his studio writing lyrics and him just like playing on the piano um but of course with COVID we can't so what we've been doing is um, this is more, this is definitely more like a collaboration than my EP because the EP, I, I did write the songs first and he just came and like co-produced mm -hmm. the music, I mean, too. And so with this one is we're kind of, he's writing the music to the lyrics I'm mm -hmm. sending him. Okay. And I'm coming up with the harmony or the melody and the harmonies and so this is a little bit more of how we used to work. And mm -hmm. he's actually a film composer. So um, it's going to be a little bit more of bringing in like that cinematic element that I love. So yeah, I, I'm, just, I'm just so in love with the songs we were, we're doing and I feel like it's so us now. Yeah, awesome. And so is, he he's doing the producing is he also doing playing the any like instrumentation or is he 
No, we're actually, um, we've, we've gotten most of the musicians who will be re-recording instruments. Um, so with the last one, it's a, it was a bit more electronic. And this one, we are going to do more of what I love, and that's just like live music. So really have it feel like it, I mean, we can never replicate the 70s and I don't want to do that either, but I just want to kind of have that like sound, just like that really like grainy, just natural sound. So we're, we've, we've gotten some musicians who just, some are from that era and others are just like incredible, like masters of it. So to really give you like that sound of the 70s. So yeah. Awesome. Awesome. That's really cool. Um, and kind of moving forward, what, do you have, like, did you, or would you eventually like to have shows to promote it? Or, because I, I know LA is kind of in that weird space where they're not really doing shows, but there's also extenuating circumstances with the COVID and the wildfires and, and all that you know, all, all that craziness, but is there any hope of maybe doing like a release show or virtual, even like a virtual show? I think, it, I mean, I would love to, and that was the plan. And I really hope by, if it's scheduled to be out by January, I really hope by January it would be possible. But um, if I can't do a live or at a live show, then definitely virtual something, something. We'll, mm. I'll think of something interesting. <laughs> yeah, I got you. I mean, I've, I have a feeling it's going to be a while before that stuff happens because I had a meeting or I work for a TV station and uh, the company sent out an internal video and it was like, yeah, don't plan on ever, don't, pl don't, oh, wow, don't plan on ever going back to the office. That would be terrible. But it was, uh, it's basically saying as long as there's not a vaccine, you guys aren't going back to the office. And it's like, dang it. All right. So that's probably going to be about a year or so. So that's true. Yeah. Um, and I really think that's the only way music venues are going to be able to open is unless there's like a vaccine and like a good vaccine not like a hey you know yeah so that, which is unfortunate um how have you kind of been dealing through the whole covid pandemic um i've been pretty positive throughout um you know just that that's actually why i left la um just to kind of be with my family and, you know, help each other out. We also, um, you know, recent, like, went, had a couple of family emergencies. So it just, it kind of worked out being together because I think it helped us just kind of heal. Mm -hmm. um, so it's it's been a crazy year of, uh, of having to get used to this, uh, going through like some grief and and just kind of getting back into life. Um, so yeah, it has also, I think what helped me is that I would tend to work from home anyway. Um, 
so it wasn't too crazy to have to like learn to work at home full time mm -hmm. and um just being kind of more in the countryside being able to go outside to the lakes to the mountains and just walking outside really helped so i it it's just been kind of like a very humbling experience where you realize like you don't need so many things mm. and um, there's like so like there's so many beautiful places in nature and I think we take it for granted so that's been more my process. Nice, awesome. And you'd mentioned before we jumped on here that you were in Central California is kind of where you've spent the last five months or so. Is that where you're from originally or? Yeah, um, well, uh, we moved there when I was nine, I think. Okay. Um, prior to that, my parents were moving us once a year. Okay. I, I think, um, so I was actually born in Kansas. Okay. And then we moved to Honduras for about a year and a half. And then Arizona, and then finally California. And then California just kind of moved around because of my dad's job. So, um, but it's been, it's, you know, it's where I grew up pretty okay. much. Yeah. So you moved there when you were nine, but it's pretty much all you've ever really known for the most, like, I mean, I'm sure you probably remember certain parts. Yeah, I mean, I like... I remember a couple things from Arizona. Um, I don't remember anything from Kansas. Mm -hmm. I think I left when I was two. Um, but yeah, Arizona, I do kind of remember going to school there and having like the black flag come out, which was great because it meant no school since it was too hot. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I just kind of things, certain things like that. Um, and, and actually Honduras, because my... My parents are from Honduras. We would go almost every year for summer and Christmas to mm -hmm. be with the family. Gotcha. That's really cool. That's cool. Um, and so you you spent the last five months back with the family. So that that's actually really important, especially in a time where everything's just kind of, you know, I, I don't want to say down because like COVID's had different effects on different people but you know in a time where things could go very dark very fast yeah you know it's important to be around family and what have you um have you been taking this time to kind of challenge yourself creatively have you been like i don't know learning to play an instrument listening to new music challenging yourself on the fashion level like have you been um I wanted to learn a new instrument, um, but because we ended up leaving so quickly, I didn't take my keyboard with me mm -hmm. uh, because I wanted to just become a little bit more like, I, I just use it to help me write songs, but not actually perform on it. Yeah. So I was like, okay, yeah, I'm going to do this. Um, but no, I didn't take it with me. Um, so I've just been kind of working more on... Um, on like editing skills, um, more illustrating. I hadn't really been illustrating for a while. So just kind of going back and like getting my hand just a bit more flexible and working on like my new art style that I want to do for, for the music going forward. 
So yeah, a little bit more on editing on um, and illustrating more than anything. Yeah. Nice. Is that something that you like your editing skills? Is that something that you started doing because of the fashion or is that something that you've always had? Uh, fashion. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, fashion. It, it started from there, like Photoshop and Illustrator. And so, um, but you know, sometimes you get a little rusty <laughs> because you yeah. don't do it for a while. Yeah. So, um, well, and yeah. the way Adobe is and all that stuff, it's like you stop doing it for six months. They have 20 new things that you can do. And it's just like, wait, what? You know? Exactly. Exactly. So. And there are times when it's amazing and other times when you're like, no, <laughs> why did you do this? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, just like the speed in which they update things. If, you, if you're not staying like right on top of it, six months, you're, you're out of the loop. You're, yeah. but no, that, that's, I got it. That's cool. Um, so um, one thing I want to do here for a little bit, uh, we like to help younger musicians kind of, um, we like to spread value and give them, give young musicians information. And like, if they're like just starting in their career or ready to take that next step, we want to try and give them a little bit of advice. So um, what's one thing that you've learned throughout your career that you wish you knew when you first got started? And this could be just in general, doesn't have to necessarily pertain to music, you know, just as a creative in general. Um, I think I would have liked to have taken social media a little bit seriously. Mm -hmm. um, I really, for the longest time, was like, I don't care about it. I don't want to spend so much time on... Instagram and I think I, I so and I had it but just would you know show like post every so often like maybe once a month or something like that yeah I think that I think just sometimes yeah I think it's like as artists like we tend to just want to create mm -hmm. and and you're like oh okay that's all I want to do I don't want to do that <laughs> that's not the not like inspiring so yeah I, I think that's that I wish I had kind of started a little bit earlier on and and um because now it's just so flooded mm -hmm. so yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's one thing I've been looking at recently too is it's like I remember when like YouTube was first out and I was I, like I've always been really big on YouTube watching or like consuming wise mm -hmm. and I remember fresh out of high school when I was first starting to explore like film and whatnot I would make attempts at doing starting a YouTube channel so it'd be like oh hey vlogs are cool let me start making this vlog and the vlog would be about nothing or you know other things that I enjoyed and then I would get like two or three videos out maybe have 10 views and then I'd be like, oh, okay, there's nothing to this. So I'm going to stop. Yeah. And looking back at it, it's like, had I stuck with it, who knows what would have happened, you know? Maybe you would have been the PewDiePie of our generation. <laughs> uh, maybe, but who knows, <laughs> you know? Um, 
And then I look at the same thing about Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Like I got so late on the Instagram game. I've only been doing Instagram for like the last three months as far as like posting consistently. And then it's just kind of like, oh, I'm playing catch up to everyone. So, um, but no, I completely get it. Um, and then as far as, since, since you kind of just recently went through this, what were some of the things that you started to learn about yourself as you tried to figure out your voice creatively? Like, yeah. Um, well, I, it, it was, it was, it was kind of interesting because, um, having different different like vocal teachers sometimes like they kind of expect you to do certain things like they do mm -hmm. and um and to kind of finally like please them I started to so I kind of started to lose a little bit of that identity and my voice so when I went back to peace he was like oh um what happened to like the breathiness that you do mm -hmm. and uh it was just so nice to hear that like oh my gosh you missed that like that because that's what like that's what i love that's what i do so i think just um that like to like be to just really be okay and be confident with how you sound um i think that's the main thing i know my my music is i mean and now when nobody's ever gonna like everybody's music you know so everyone has different tastes um and mine in particular like the the type of artists that i i've always been drawn to have been like contemporary art like lana del rey but then also like vanessa parody who's a french singer and carla bruni and they just tend to be like this, like very, and Jane Birkin, which is just like kind of very like intimate and like breathy. And sometimes it's, it's not perfect, but I just, I love that. I love the, the imperfections and like sometimes like the breaks in the voice, because I feel it's more of like of a feeling than just mm -hmm. perfection. So just kind of getting the confidence to be like, no, this is how I like it. And I'm going to keep exploring it. And, um, and I also did a, a rock cover because just to kind of be like, well, I mean, if you want me to belt out, I can. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just when I want to. And so, um, I, so I don't know, maybe like sometime in the future I might do a little bit more rock because I do love rock. So, yeah. Nice. So you're not afraid to like step out and take chances and experiment with different genres and stuff like that. That's really cool. No, no not really. Um, I think that's what I love about kind of the, and the fact that everyone kind of has embraced like indie artists and like do-it-yourself artists because I don't like the thought of having to stick to a certain genre or like an image, you know? Mm -hmm. I And I think that's the designer in me where I'm just constantly wanting to evolve and explore different things. And the way that I design and write music is like through story form. So I'll think of, the characters and with music it is I think it's more like my feelings then become a certain character and then I kind of roll with that so um, depending on the mood and like the story I want to do I think will kind of dictate like where the genre will go 
Um, so yeah. Nice, awesome. Um, and then I kind of have an idea of what you're gonna say to this, but when you're not working on your fashion brand, when you're not working on your music, what do you do to kind of escape everyday life? Um, so I am the biggest like film buff. <laughs> so I love to watch movies and also a guilty pleasure of mine is finding really bad movies to watch and just laugh at and okay. and yeah so I love that and then also um working out for me is just like a necessity I need to like uh, get rid of this energy that I have and uh and YouTube <laughs> and watching anime so <laughs> that's where I thought you were gonna go was the anime route but okay so what what's your favorite bad movie that you've seen recently? Oh, um, okay. Which is the this one kind of has has a bit of a funny story. Okay. So, um, because I had been in Texas for a month, um, just you know, taking care of my grandma. Mm -hmm. Um, when I came back, and my brothers were home, all they also went home to spend quarantine with my parents. Uh, they were like, oh, we've been dying to show you this new movie. It's called Money Plane. And it's it's the best movie that's come out this year. So I was like, oh, okay, yeah, let's watch it, sure. So we're watching this movie, and the whole time I'm just like, what's wrong with my brothers? Like, <laughs> this is really bad. But I haven't seen them in so long, so... I didn't want to be mean or hurt their feelings. And the whole time I was like, oh my gosh, like I feel so bad for them. Like, how can they like this? <laughs> and then also I was just like, is this, like, I don't like, is this, is this a, like, is this, is this a, a joke? What am I not getting? Yeah. So, and then, and so finally when the only thing I could think of commenting was like, oh, that's, really interesting how they zoomed in on the sweat on the back of his neck. My brothers busted out laughing and they were, we were like 40 minutes into the movie and they're like, we hate this. Like, this is horrible. This is the next battlefield earth. Do you like, how did you not realize? I was like, Oh my God. Like, okay. I feel so much better about you guys right now. <laughs> so, um, but I mean, I had a blast watching it. Yeah. <laughs> I got you. I've been for there was a point there where I was really into watching those uh terrible sci-fi channel movies like the like zombie zombie piranha or no there was a one that I was watching called Zombiever. Like this oh, is like back back I was, I've heard of it. <laughs> yeah. And then uh my buddies who all are like very I shouldn't say very big in the film industry, but they live out in LA and they do films. And when I was living in New Mexico, they would always tell me there's three movies that they worked on that are probably the worst movies you'll ever see. Oh my gosh. And, once and they're all on either uh, Crackle or Hulu. Like they all got like uh, OTT distribution deals, which is kind of an interesting one. But the three, if you're ever just out there bored, one's called 500 Mile Per Hour Storm. Okay. It used to be called Hypercane, but they had this whole theory of 
no, we wanted to start with a number so that it appears uh, higher up on, like when people open up like a Netflix, uh, open up Netflix or whatever, it'll, it'll appear at the top because it's got the number, you know, like alphabetical and whatnot. Um, so it's 500 mile per hour storm. Uh, this movie called not don't blink. Um, dang it. I can't remember it, but yeah, I, I'll think of it. I don't know why I can't think of it right now. Um, no fender bender. That's what it is. Not fender bender, okay. yeah. Fender. And like, I just remember this movie, um, uh, like in the trailer, at the end, all you could hear the girl say is, "It was just a fender bender," and it like it sues like this whole thing, and so it's just crazy. Um, and then, yeah. So I'll the, we'll leave it with those two okay. if you're bored. Yeah. Look, I don't. I want to say like. I kind of, I want to say it was definitely Mystery Science Theater that got me into watching bad movies. Um, But yeah, I'm definitely going to check them out. (laughs) It's always so funny when, like, they're supposed to be, like, these big blockbuster movies, and they end up being so bad. Yeah. So. Yeah, so bad. I I can't remember which big blockbuster I just saw where... I mean, I know Gods of Egypt, actually. Like, that one is just so bad. <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> Watch. <laughs> yeah. I know, like, Freddy versus Jason, That's that movie is just so campy. It's yeah. so bad. It's like, I love watching it, though. And, like, I'm digging out all those movies right now because we're getting ready to go, like, as soon as October 1st hits, horror films all day, all night. So... That's really cool. Um, so, other than that, anime working out, bad yeah. movies. That, that's kind of your. Um, yeah, and um, like when when I can again, hang out with my friends mm-hmm. here. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so, is uh, LA uh, kind of your forever? Well, I shouldn't say forever place, but you're digging LA and you're you're kind of. Okay. I love LA. Um, I am so surprised, but uh, because I was so convinced I was going to stay in Paris and um, I mean, Paris just became my home. And, and I think even now, like, well, you know, I wanted to go this year, but can't, but um, whenever I go back, it's like, oh, I'm home again. It feels like my second home. Mm-hmm. And I was so in love with the city when I was living there. So I, I just never thought that LA would, I would love LA as much as I do now. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, I just, there, I mean, maybe also because like my family's not too far away, so I can see them more than just once a year. And um, there's so much to do here. And, and I think like what kind of, kind of got me to want to come back was that in um at least in Paris it's like you kind of you kind of work throughout the week and you're looking forward to the weekend mm-hmm. and I hate living life that way you know maybe I don't know maybe it's like the Californian in me where it's like well no like I want to have fun on the weekend but also during the week you know yeah. work hard and then 
So it was, I think that was like also a thing where I was just like, I don't want to wake up and then just be like, oh my gosh, like I'm 50 and what happened? So I got you. I completely understand. I completely get it. Um, are you working any, what are you doing right now? As far as your fashion brand goes, are you working on a new line? Are you working for another or towards another show? Like what's, what's going on with that? Um, I'm actually going to be, um, working on a new collection Mm -hmm. and, um, the one that right now I'm kind of focusing on more is more like the sportswear, activewear stuff. But the new collection is going to be coming too, which will be inspired by this new album. So mm. it's so cool to be doing it that way. Normally, it's been the fashion that inspires the music, but this time is the other way around. And uh, how long does it usually take to kind of uh, from? I, I guess not necessarily from conception to the show or the the debut. How, how how long of a time period does it usually take or does it depend on what you're doing? It, it depends on what I'm doing. If it's something where I'm having it like manufactured somewhere else, then it kind of, I have to really plan according to that. Um, but then also I, I, you know, design and um, create like, create the patterns, make my own pieces, sew them and put them together. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty fast with that depending on what it is. So if it's if it's that I'm just doing like straight um, for the runway show, um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty fast. I don't, I think, could take me like two to three months. Okay. Um, you know, because I am like taking my time on it, but I guess I could do it a little bit shorter. It just depends. Yeah, um, it depends. Like I, I mean, I stopped doing seasons with the last two collections I did. I just, I was getting burnt out. Having to and, and it, it adds too much. I don't want to say consistency, but you, it feels like you have to continually get stuff out because when is because there there is like a fashion season right or which is when like well right now everyone's kind of going no more seasons yeah um just especially with i think the pandemic really just kind of pushed that into full throttle but even before that it was just well, fashion has been moving too quickly, so um, people just kind of expect now, and I think like brand, like fast fashion has kind of made people expect collections out so much quicker, like mm-hmm. Zara and um, H&M places, stores like that. You kind of, you start to think like, oh, okay, cool. Every two weeks, new collection. Every month, a new collection. Whereas before, it used to be six months before. Mm-hmm. And um, and now, like, the industry had a kind of shift to keep up with yeah. that. Yeah. Which has just been, like, insane for everybody because it really means you have no life. You're just designing and designing. Yeah. And as soon as you're done with, like, you're not even done with the collection. It hasn't even been out in the runway and you're starting to design the next one. Yeah, because it's one of those things where if you wait for the seasons, you're already behind. Oh, yeah. 
No, I mean, you have to be a year in advance. So yeah. Yeah. Um, and then just for me personally, as an independent designer and um, doing two collections a year was pretty hard on me, you know, not to mention companies that are doing like five to eight collections a year. Mm -hmm. So I just, I think at the last runway show, you know, it was so much work. And then people came up and they're like, oh, we can't wait to see the next one. Mm -hmm. And I think that was my breaking point where I was like, I can't even enjoy this one. Yeah, nope. You you gotta jump right into the next one. No no time to rest on your laurels, essentially. Exactly. So and I, I just I think that's such a shame because so much work is put into each collection. You know, uh, everyone, like everyone who's working on their collections, like so much work and it's not just the clothes, but then also like the pictures or like mm-hmm. the commercials yeah. and everything. And you don't get a time you don't really get that chance to yeah. To be excited for it anymore yeah absolutely um do you see as your both careers kind of start moving forward whether it be the fashion or the music you know as like both of them start moving forward um do you see a world where one starts to take a backseat to the other or is the ideal situation that you kind of keep both as front on the burner as possible um ideally both and i think the fact that I've kind of like, I'm kind of designing now where it's like, okay, it's, 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 um, it's depending on the, like more of my schedule as far as like now with the music too, and, um, just making sure things are out properly. Um, I think I have a better uh, it, it's just more balanced to be able to kind of keep both at the same mm. because as much as like right now, you know, music is the newer thing for me and I love it, but the thought of not designing breaks my heart. Yeah. And, um, and I think I just needed to kind of fall in love with it again, which I have. And so now I'm just really excited to kind of get back into it and, you know, getting back to like, designing like full collections mm-hmm. yeah so hopefully yeah keep them both the same yeah that's really cool that's yeah um so what's been keeping you motivated throughout this entire pandemic like obviously since shows aren't happening and run like gatherings are so limited and it's obvious it could have been a very easy time to be like yeah i think i'm good with every you know and just kind of fold up shop and go get a regular nine to five job what's been keeping you motivated what's keeping what's been keeping you moving forward um the fact that i just kind of think like well this is a chance to to evolve now to adapt um it's like we've been pushed off a cliff and now you have to figure it out quickly. And I just, I think that that's what from that, that's kind of what motivated me like, okay, well, I'm, I'm now in this situation. So how can I like restructure everything to kind of fit this new world that we're in? And um, I mean, I love sci-fi too. So maybe in a way it's kind of like, okay, cool. So we're, 
I can do a little, like, I can, like, kind of create, like, my little sci-fi now with my career to see how do I um, keep moving forward, doing everything virtually, everything from home, and um, I think that's, that's what's kept me motivated and not, like, gone crazy to think, like, oh, is there ever going to be, like, actual inter human interaction again? Yeah. I gotcha. I gotcha. That's, yeah. Um... So I don't want to keep you too much longer because I just realized what time it was. And so I want to be respectful of your time. But <laughs> what's kind of the plan moving forward now that you're working for through your full length and you're kind of in the recording process of that? What, what's kind of the plan moving forward? Um, so after, yeah, just uh, kind of working more on the visual side of the album. Um, and designing the like the clothes that um, will kind of go with like at least that I will also be wearing and supporting the album with. So yeah, the part I love, which is just like figuring so, out the and the yeah. production of it. Yeah. Do you have any uh, plans for like music videos for the full length, or is that something? Yeah, um, I I do, and I um, need a like clear it up with him and but I think he would like the idea because we worked together before um he's a, just a friend of mine who's a brilliant director and I've always loved his style and he also shares like the same passion for just like more of like that retro grainy um just more like avant-garde look that I love so yeah, definitely hoping that we could do something where it's like more of a, like kind of like a little story where the, an anthology where all these music videos, like you put them together, create okay. a story. Oh, that's, that's actually a really cool concept. You know, it's like being able, like a part one, part two, not calling it part one, part two, but essentially that's what it is. Like you don't say that's what it is, but that's essentially what it is. Yeah. That's really cool. That's a cool concept. Um, and then where can everybody kind of find you online? Where can they, where can they listen to your music? You know? Yeah. Um, you can find me on Spotify, Apple music, uh, title Deezer also YouTube, because I know sometimes people are like, Oh, we can't, add, we like out of the country, like they can't. So YouTube tends to work for them. Um, and then my website is Emily Dacaret music for my music and Emily Dacaret for the fashion. Okay. Awesome. Well, Emily, once again, thank you so much for joining us. I'm glad we were able to make this work. I was so paranoid last night. I was like, well, what happens if my power goes like anytime one, like just random thing happens out of the blue, it's like, well, what if it happens again? Like it's something that you don't think that could happen that happens. And it's like, yeah. But once again, thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate you giving me the time to sit down and chat. It's been an absolute blast. Um, anytime you got something you want to promote or talk about, love to have you back on. So feel free to reach out. Um, and thank you to everybody else for tuning in. And we'll catch you guys later.